are listening to the Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes, it is, Brian. Welcome back, Justin. Yeah, to you as well. It's, it's been a while. It has been a while. We had our our marathon that last time we talked, and now we arrive at a very peaceful and fun and polite conversation. Did you did you uh, take off your uh, jacket? Put on your sweater. I did. We both are wearing sweaters. You can't see it right now. <laughs> Just believe us. Yeah. Uh, even though no one can see us, we're both wearing uh, Mr. Rogers sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Rogers is our topic this week. Mm-hmm. You clicked on it, so you must know that that's our topic. Yeah. But I love how we do always just affirm, just or confirm, just in case you know we mix it up, which we never do. But you're in the right place if you uh, are into Mr. Rogers, and we are here to provide some context. Yeah. For it. Before we do that, uh, I'd like to first thank you for tuning in. But secondly, uh, I would like to not bury the lead, as we often do. Um, so Mr. Rogers, uh, a lot of people know about Mr. Rogers, a lot going on, especially recently with him or with uh, the movie coming out. I uh, grew up, it was one of the shows that I watched yep. growing up. Okay. It wasn't uh, my favorite. It wasn't a primary show. Um, I don't know if I fully appreciated it when I was younger, Yep. but I did watch it. And uh, I was very interested to dig deeper into it as uh, I thought this was an interesting topic. Yeah, I I am kind of in the same boat where I, I definitely did watch it. I um, have yet to see the movie. Okay. So I'm coming at it a little bit less fresh, I guess. Sure, yeah. Because I think the movie definitely reminded people exactly who he was. and, and But I didn't realize how deep some of this all was yes and uh some of the things that he did was so groundbreaking mm-hmm. in television yeah. and we'll get into that but yeah i think we we were on the back end of his uh tv show and his career and so we i don't think we really you know a lot of people that grew up before us had a um, you know, maybe they grew up with him, but then they had kids, and their kids maybe watched him as well, and so you can appreciate him as a parent. Yeah. Whereas we never really had that. But it, yeah, I I was fascinated when I was going through the stats and some of the interesting notes in my research. Yeah. Well, uh, since last time, what have you been up to, Justin? Uh, well, two things. Uh, one that's related, and one that's n- not just timing related. So last week, obviously, was was Thanksgiving. We did our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, I know it's not topical maybe anymore, but it was one of our better episodes. That, that we've is had. the best debate we've had yeah. so far. I, I still feel like there's a little bit of tension between us yeah. because yeah. of that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, <laughs> and I, I would like to say I brought that debate to my table or tables throughout the week, um, had some vigorous debates. You're not the only one that feels that way, though there are other most people. I would say it's very pretty much 50-50, and that's why 
it's a good debate yeah. uh, in people that say, no, it's not over. What I'm referencing is is uh, we debated if Turkey. The great Turkey uh, debate. Yes, the great Turkey debate was uh, overrated or not. So if you want to hear our stances on that, go back and listen to that. But it was a great episode. But what I was going to say with that is in that episode, I talked about how my favorite side dish is cream corn. Mm-hmm. And it's not Thanksgiving unless you have cream yep. corn. Yep. Yep, we Gross. didn't have cream. Oh, <laughs> I I think because it's... I've been so so uh, I haven't had um, Thanksgiving dinner with my family in a couple years, yeah. and I think maybe it just got lost. And I didn't I I didn't care that much. Uh, I didn't make a stink. I guess about you it, just didn't but, have Thanksgiving, Justin. Uh, yeah, it was just a meal with my family. Wow. Um, but, okay. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was that. I wanted to mention that. And then the other thing was, as it relates to this topic, was that I did see the movie. Um, I went to go see it with my mom, which really is like, I couldn't express or pick a better movie that both my mom and I would be interested in. Yeah. And that one fit it perfectly. Hmm. And we both walked out of it incredibly impressed. Um, like you and we'll get, maybe I'll touch on some of this stuff throughout, but the one thing I'll say is that we both walked out of it, not necessarily emotional, but a little bit just like, like shell shock kind of like what you were doing with your research yeah. where you know this is fresh now and it's like wow like this man was in a league of his own and yet he didn't want to be perceived that way at all and he wanted to just be humble with everything that he did and he just changed people's lives um so the the movie if you don't know is about um i think it's frank vogel or i forget the man's name um but it's about this uh writer that goes and writes a um a biop is that right i don't know they they basically just do they wanted a couple lines on mr rogers and he ended up um wanting to write more about him as he learned um and he had a troubled past so it was kind of learning through mr rogers teaching so it was it was pretty interesting i i didn't expect it to be as it was and tom hanks i think was awesome uh it's a pretty high level to reach with mr rogers i heard that he's was pretty nervous going into it but um yeah i think i I thought he did a really good job yeah so well since last time uh obviously thanksgiving stayed here but uh put up my christmas lights oh and i waited all the way until after thanksgiving for you brian to put up my christmas lights i still haven't put up my tree as you can see Mm. yes no tree oh there will be for the reminder (laughs) What's that? I was just well. I we have a we have a fake tree yeah. right now. We've debated this in the past. I'm a big real tree person. We haven't put ours. The fake tree is up, but not decorated. The real tree has not been purchased, and I'm now realizing that we probably should do that. Oh yeah, that we're in December and all that. Yeah, there's three uh, weeks left. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> good it luck. May, it may just be not happening. Good luck. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's good to see uh, the decorations coming up. Yeah. So All right. Well, uh, let's get into uh, some Mr. Rogers news. You're a newsman. I ever tell you otherwise, punch me in the face. So, I'll have to admit that my news actually is coming from a fun fact, and I didn't realize how recent this news was. Yeah. Until I looked it up, that Mr. Tom Hanks actually found out he's related to. Mr. Rogers? No. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Nope. What? So they 
it was about three weeks ago just before the movie came out and uh, you know maybe this had to do with a little bit of a promotion around the movie and sure. the timing and all that kind of stuff but they are actually sixth cousins <laughs> okay which means they share a uh, great-grandfather five times removed okay um and they, they actually ancestry.com actually has the like the breakdown that is how does that uh obviously well it seems like it might be a little bit of a promotion but at the same time how do you figure that out well they they based it off of so it's uh looks like it's johannes uh morfort who is the uh great grandfather five times removed that they are alike mm-hmm. in and then they have some siblings and then it's first cousins you know second cousins third yeah. cousins fourth cousins fifth cousins so basically they share a, a yeah great well, no, it's it, i and that's crazy but it's also crazy to think you know what what inspired them to look it up like how many times has that ever happened like when tom hanks played solely yeah like did he look up hey am i you know did someone look up are they related like <laughs> me I, it's just kind of random but at the same time really cool that they have a lineage i mean you know that's that's kind of far, but it's also really close. Yeah, family. I mean, it, it is pretty close considering you know that that great grandfather was the one who immigrated to the United States, sure. and so just to even have that tie where the person who came over to the United States was the same for both families, and then that's where the lineage starts. Yeah. It's not like somewhere in yeah. Europe before it came over here, and yeah. then the lineage sure is like kind of loosely lost i mean uh-huh. once they got to the united states that's really when yeah this cousin thing happened so huh. um that's pretty cool yeah never pretty, knew that pretty interesting news that i was gonna use as my fun fact and then i realized that they had just found this out so all right well um your news is a little bit more interesting and and um and intriguing my yeah, but yours has kelly clarkson it does as the say title. kelly clarkson um uh, so all the rage uh, apparently recently, obviously the movie came out. There's a lot of buzz um, around the movie. It's been getting good uh, ratings so far. Um, but uh, Kelly Clarkson, Kelly Clarkson, as many of you know from many of her songs and from American Idol, she has her show and she has a regular segment called uh, Kellyoke, uh, where she karaoke songs. Yeah. And uh, she does a you know one that she particularly loves. So because Tom Hanks uh, was a guest on Tuesday's episode, so this was two days ago at the drop of this podcast, she actually did a cover of "Won't You Be My Neighbor," um, and that was the um, it, she kind of added a light little twist to it, and um, and it kind of a, a lot of people were really raving about uh, her her performance was not only different they had like a little bit of a um sh- i don't know what it's called it's like shadow art uh in the back too like performance tied to the musical act and where um, people changing their sweaters and shoes uh yeah yeah actually it was one guy but really? he like was he it was shadow but you could tell like he would sit down and you know put on his shoes change his sweater um and then he like did some a little bit of dancing but like light with the music it was it was very well done so you know it's a simple 
news story, but I, if you're a Mr. Rogers fan, I, I recommend you go, uh, you know, it brings you back a little bit when you hear it. Um, and, and I thought she did a good homage to him. So that all was right, it. All right. Well, let's drop some knowledge. As we normally do, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy. And we're going to start with history. <laughs> Shocker. What? So Fred McFeely Rogers was born on March 20th, 1928 in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Familiar with Latrobe? Yep. yep. Um, his father was an owner of McFeely Brick Company, which was one of Latrobe's largest businesses at the time. He spent most of his childhood alone uh, as he was an only child until his parents actually adopted his sister Ellen when he was the age of 11. So when he was growing up, he was playing by himself, um, you know, with puppets, and he was a very introverted person. He was actually overweight and got bullied a lot at school. Uh, he had the nickname of Fat Freddy. Mm. In high school, he started to overcome this shyness and served as the student council president, the editor-in-chief of the yearbook, among other things. Um, so really kind of got out and, and overcame that introvertedness that, that he grew up with. Mm-hmm. After high school, he attended Dartmouth College for one year uh, before transferring to Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, and he graduated there in 1951 with a degree in music composition. After college, he actually wanted to go to, into the seminary, but he he saw television or was, was introduced to what television was uh, kind of at the end of his senior year in college, and he saw how poorly people were using it and how yeah. kind of terrible television would, was, was on, you know, education and everything, yeah. and so he wanted to utilize that and, and kind of inspire people through television and teach them rather than this like sharing all this dark news and and all of that type of stuff yeah so after graduating he uh, worked at nbc in new york city as a floor director for your hit parade the kate smith smith hour and gabby hayes uh a children's show and that's really where he started to, to try to impact kids and and you know learn that love for for teaching children uh in 1951 rogers returned to pittsburgh to work for a program developer at a pbs station which was wqed he worked to develop puppets uh characters and music for a show called the children's corner okay uh and this actually won a uh Sylvania Award for Best Locally Produced Children's Programming in 1955 and was eventually broadcast nationally on NBC. So it was picked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1963, he graduated from the uh, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary and was an ordained minister for the United Presbyterian Church. He later... Uh, attended University of Pittsburgh graduate school uh, of children development to really wow. further that child development understanding yeah. that he he kind of grew accustomed and love for and uh, then after graduating from the University of Pittsburgh he went to uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and was contracted by them to v- develop a 15 minute 
uh, children's program called uh, I'm gonna butcher however because this is like Meister Rogers okay M-I-S-T-E-R O-G-E-R-S so Meister Rogers Meister Rogers is the name of the show okay uh, so this ran from 1963 to 1967. In 1967, after uh, this this show was done, he actually bought all the rights to the show and all the puppets and everything that he developed, mm-hmm. and he returned to Pittsburgh um, with no contract, no nothing. Uh, he just wanted the rights to this show because he thought it was going to be big. Yeah. Um, and so then in... 1968 mr rogers neighborhood a half hour educational children's program began running um and it aired nationally um had over eventually over 895 episodes Mm -hmm. so this was still taped videotaped at uh wqed pittsburgh which where he really started yeah uh the first season had 180 episodes and it was shot in black and white yeah i saw something like that with 180 episodes that's i mean you're basically doing it every other day at that point filming um that's a lot of filming for this type of thing right right um but yeah season two they started to film in color and it became funded by pbs sears roebuck foundation uh, and then they started running only 65 episodes. So they cut back quite a bit in, in season two. And the this show went on until 1976. And it actually took a break um, from 1976 to 1979. Uh, uh, after that break, it ran from 1979 to August 31st of 2001. Yeah. Uh, when it was eventually done. And they, I don't know if you had anything on this, but... Um in the movie they touched on a little bit of him taking a break um and it was uh he just wanted to kind of spend more time with his family he didn't necessarily love the direction of certain couple things but um and then he quickly came back when he realized it was um you know it was for the best for the kids really um to keep doing it yeah um but yeah so it was kind of odd that you see a show that goes on for that many years and then also took a break for a year right it's kind of odd not just a year it was three three three, yeah three years yeah in in 1999 uh rogers was inducted to to the tv hall of fame and then unfortunately i think i wrote this down wrong uh but uh it was february 27th uh 2003 when he passed away okay a couple fun facts that i found so his mother actually knit the sweaters that he wore uh until he until she died in 1981 and they actually continued to use the sweaters that his mother had knit for as long as possible until they just literally could not make them function anymore but um that that kind of fascinated me it it is it's it definitely fascinating and in some cases so fitting right like this you will see this theme throughout this as we talk about him it's just that he just, I know he's he's not flawless, but and he he would be the first to tell you that. But um, but just to have that that family tie, right? Like my mom makes this, and I'm going. It's like wholesome. It's very yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's just it makes sense, even though it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know. Yeah, and and so he also speaking of his clothing, he 
the sneakers that he puts on when he changes well there's actually a function to them too because they didn't make any noise when he walked around the set as the the puppeteer oh and so then he could kind of move in between yeah, the sets i never and, thought about that yeah that's cool he was also colorblind so all the colors in his sweaters were he couldn't even see so yeah i uh i actually i found that one on in my research too and i heard that i don't know if you read this but there was a um a story about i don't know if it was his assistant or just someone on the set that would help him uh with the soup that he ordered did you see this no so he would or, like get soup yeah but they often at the set would serve tomato soup or pea soup oh and so he would have to ask somebody because he was red green colorblind yeah he would have to ask somebody what it was and yeah. he, he ate both of them but he wanted to at least prepare for what yeah. it was that's funny um so it was interesting and then the the last note i have interestingly has to do with his weight Oh, okay. Did you see? I did see this, but I want the viewers to listen to it because I thought it was cool. Yeah. So his ideal weight, uh, the the weight that he always wanted to be at was 143 pounds. Yep. And the significance of 143 was that the one, well, the the phrase "I love you." Yes. The I is one letter. The love is four letters, yeah. and the U is three letters. It's, <laughs> I, the, it's just amazing that guy. I mean, he, he had to have been close to that where it made sense for him to do that instead of just being like, you know, I weigh 160 pounds and I'm going to get one down to 143 yeah. because of I love you. But 143 is not very big. No, it's not. But he also, I mean. I'm I'm curious when, or maybe his whole life he was like that, but I don't know how. I wonder how tall he is. Now I'm curious if you want to look that up. But yeah, I don't. He always appeared kind of frail. Um, he was a little bit older, at least when I watched him. This is he's six foot. Okay, six foot one forty three. Good for him, I guess. Not much meat to the bones, but. Uh, yeah. No, I mean that type of thing though, it's just crazy like he that he was able to he just have his teachings even apply to his weight. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. So, on my front, I typically cover the stats, so I shall do so. Uh I'm going to start with the movie. Uh so we're pretty early on right now. The movie just came out. It's called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's currently being rated a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which I feel like is pretty good. I would give it, uh, I'd probably give it an 8.5 or 9 out of 10 personally, um, but it's killing it on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 96% fresh uh, and a 91% uh, audience score, uh, which is very, very positive. I don't think you'll be disappointed if, if you've ever watched the show. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed in the movie. I thought Tom Hanks, again, did amazing with the role. Uh, But getting into the actual show, so you mentioned uh, a little bit of this, but uh, so it was on for 31 seasons. uh, And when you include, you mentioned 895, I believe, when you include the special episodes, there was a couple of those. uh, There was an actual, it was actually 912 in some. And uh, it actually was the longest-running children's show until it stopped, uh, and then Sesame Street took over. Mm. Um, and 
the show, if you're curious, uh, is rated an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, which is uh, better than its follower, which uh, we didn't touch on, but uh, there was a show called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which was created afterwards. Did you know about this one, Brian? Uh, I knew about the show. Yes. Okay. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't realize that Daniel Tiger was from yeah. So Dan- Mr. Rogers. Yeah, so Daniel Tiger, what, or this show, the premise is a cartoon, but the premise is that it's the son of the I believe Daniel Tiger is his name. Um, it, hold on, let me confirm that. Daniel Striped Tiger is his yeah. official name yeah. of the puppet. So he had a son, and that was Daniel Tiger, and then he now runs the show. And so that show actually, um, interesting enough, has a similar intro, similar themes. He, you oh, know, really? You huh. know, he kind of has a, a neighborhood, and they um, – Everything you know, similar to the show, Mr. Rogers and this this show really focus around um, teaching uh, teaching everyday lessons. But then also, there's these bigger things. I, I remember hearing about um, he had an episode on segregation at one point where he uh, focused on um, you know uh, black and white people couldn't be in the same pool at that time yeah. and so he had an episode where he invited an african-american onto his episode where they stood in a pool together and basically told the audience that there's nothing wrong with this and officer clemens officer oh okay yeah um I, i'm looking at it right now oh, okay that, that, yeah. <laughs> i was like wow good pool bro. i mean this was this was well before our time sure. so yeah i, I definitely don't remember seeing that episode yeah but there but there was moments like that you know he talked about divorce and talked death about divorce, and yeah. you know these types of things that most shows had never and still really don't with kids shows i think they keep a lot of the kids shows pretty light and happy and you know you might talk about sadness or some other things but to get into a, a as deep of a topic as segregation is like mind-blowing to me yeah um especially for that time it had to have been probably pretty polarizing at the time um but he felt that it was important to talk about especially teach kids that um that it shouldn't be an issue so yeah i think i think the biggest thing that i learned was that there was really a difference between what he was talking about with uh you know his shows and sesame street sesame street was really like this educational learning yes whereas mr rogers was intended for more of it an emotional well-being of kids yes yeah that's a great way of putting it i uh, i never really thought about that and i watched both shows growing up and so i i i don't have kids now we neither of us have kids but uh it's to me it feels again i maybe it's because i just walked out of the movie you know a week ago but um i just feel like it's uh it's something that i would want my kids to kind of grow up and learn those types of same values in a lot of ways um but uh but yeah anyway so daniel tiger's neighborhood if you're curious if you have kids you probably know it um but that's a 7.4 out of 10 uh, which is still pretty high for uh what i would guess for a kids show lots of kids rating it yeah lots of kids going on imdb (laughs) so mr rogers the person his net worth uh was only about three million uh but he did a lot of things with the show to really i thought one of the interesting things too and um, I don't think we touched on it yet, um, that he didn't want to 
commercialized the show either. I don't know if you read that. So I didn't, he no. apparently he he had the opportunity to sell, right? Like he could sell the trolleys, you could sell the you know, sweaters, the whatever, and have uh, all this collectible stuff. Yeah. And he didn't want to do that. He wanted to keep it simple. He also didn't – he didn't want it to be bought out. I think that was part of it as well. He wanted to keep it small um, because as soon as it gets bought out, then the control goes away, and then it becomes, you know, you got a Gatorade sitting on the, you know, thing, and it's much more complex, and um, he never really wanted that. So I mean, there's a reason why something that's that longstanding of a show is – only on PBS, you know, right. and, and yep. never went anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, but it's also part, you know, because of what he did and, and what he was convicted with, you know, he didn't, he didn't make a ton of money. Um, you know, his, uh, I mean, at the time he was a celebrity, he was probably on top of the world. Um, his salary was, um, I think at its highest point, 139000 which, you know, again, is kind of crazy. It, he's gone through so many years of, of doing it, but that was his average salary. He was living in Pittsburgh. True. It's pretty affordable in Pittsburgh, which by the I way, I was trying he, to give you a, a ability to take a subtle jab at yeah, Pittsburgh. But. Yeah, I, I could have, uh, I chose not to though. <laughs> it is a trash town. No, uh, just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, so he was awarded, you mentioned he was awarded some of this stuff, but, um, he had 40 honorary degrees and awards including television's academy hall of fame and the presidential medal of freedom which is pretty cool uh and then some fun facts to just throw on on the end of this in 1969 uh mr rogers uh was relatively unknown at the time he went before the senate to plead for a 20 million dollar grant for public broadcasting yeah uh and proposed which had been proposed by President Johnson, but was in danger of being sliced in half by Richard Nixon. His passionate plea about how television had the potential to turn kids into productive citizens worked, and instead of cutting the budget, funding for public TV increased from $9 million to $22 million, um, which is really cool. You talk about these iconic moments and that you don't think of that he was a part of. Like He helped, you know, that could have been a crucial point in television history, and he kind of saved it for that. The the other one that I I saw mm-hmm. was that he helped save the VCR. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh. apparently there was there was some uh, you know debate about the VCR and because the ability to record things now. Yeah, and that. Uh, companies didn't like the fact the broadcast companies didn't like the fact that you could now record shows they thought mm-hmm. that would take away from, from their profits and yeah. viewership and all that kind of stuff and so he also went in front of I can't remember if it's his senator or yeah. what, what yeah. Um, Washington D.C. and basically said no like the VCR is such a useful tool. Mm-hmm. Now parents are able to record these shows and show them to their kids later down the line. Yeah. Um, you know, so that if they miss them because of whatever sleeping yeah. or whatnot. So, yeah, no, that that's awesome. A couple other quick hits. Uh, so according to Annie's bio, uh, Mr. Rogers composed every song on the show. You mentioned his degree. He, that was about, 200 songs he composed uh and i believe that in well every song that includes the theme song so uh pretty iconic 
did you see this one? This is uh, less of a uh, stat, though I'm pulling a stat in. Michael Keaton? Yep. Michael Keaton worked for Mr. Rogers as a stagehand. Yep. That blew my mind when I read that. Um, he was making $2 an hour at the time, um, and he was a nobody. And then, uh, sure enough, he becomes a big celebrity, becomes Batman, and the rest is history. You mentioned this too, but he did do all of the puppet voices in the neighborhood of Maple Leaf, which that was something I didn't know until I watched the movie, and that there was like some scenes with him doing it. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like he was he, very talented in that way too. Cool. Well, yeah, well that was it for my stats. Uh, so I would say it's time for a little bit of friendship test. We just become best friends. Yep. So this is a friendship test on an episode where we're talking Mr. Rogers. So this will be a friendly debate. I'm sure it won't be as heated as our turkey debate or some of our other memorable debates over the last year or so. But speaking of the show, I wanted to reminisce a little bit with you, Brian. Do you have a most memorable puppet? One that, and I say memorable in that one that really sticks out to you um, when you go back and you say, oh yeah, that's Mr. Rogers when you see that puppet. It has to be King Friday the 8th. Yeah. 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 He's the one that I feel showed up the most in in kind of like the real life portion of, you know, before the trolley yeah. went into the castle. Um and so that's why I think he he might uh like I I don't even honestly, again I I said this earlier, but I don't even remember Daniel Stripes Tiger. And maybe that's terrible of me. But he was an iconic character, but he didn't have much pizzazz to him, and he was often very um he he represented a character that was very shy and one that um was very soft spoken yeah um so in terms of memorable, like he's one of the more iconic characters, but I would say that Daniel Stripe Tiger Tiger was just not a one that you would be like boom yeah daniel tiger like that's a the definite one that i would remember yeah the 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 king queen and prince were were definitely the those i think i don't know why but maybe it's just because i associate them with that castle sure yeah and and they fit there yeah and and that's a very yep kind of iconic part yeah of the show yeah, I uh, to name to name a few just to fill in the blanks here. So, um, uh, sorry, X the Owl was a popular character. Henrietta Pussycat was another one. Um, Lady Elaine Fairchild. So, um, I would have said so before I put these in um, and before I did some additional research, I would have said King Friday, like because because that was a character that uh, I could picture in my head. Yeah. Um, but I would actually, I'm going to go my pick. When I f- saw the picture, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is uh, it. And it was that, it was Lady Elaine Fairchild. I would have never guessed her name. But when you see her, she's just this, I mean, she's a woman. I, I guess, I, I don't know if she's married to the, the king. Um, but no, she the, has the those king, red the, rosy. The king has, has Queen Sarah Saturday. Yeah. Like those red yeah. rosy cheeks yeah. just like 
are so iconic and the hands that are right next to her. It's a little creepy, um, but I remember her um, more vividly than any of the other characters. So I would say that one, but yeah. Uh, what about the most memorable person on the show, the real-life person? Yeah, so this one, there was a ton of people that were obviously on the show. I thought about putting in – we could t- discuss uh, famous guests. I think he's had some interesting guests over the years too. I think he had Yo-Yo Ma and whatever. I don't remember those specific episodes, so I didn't think that would be a good debate. But these characters were on all the time. To me, it was really just between Mr. McFeely and – uh, Lady Aber- Aberdeen. If I had to kind of put my my money on it, I feel like it would be the mailman, Mr. McFeely. Yeah. I think he just, I mean, he was always there, but he just was always so happy and brought the mail, and there was kind of a fun moment there. Not And Lady Aberlin helped with a lot of the, you know, dealing with issues and problems and um, was a, incredibly vital to the thing. But I would just say Mr. McFeely was kind of the better not the better, but the more memorable person. Yeah, the same, uh, same Mr. McFeely for me as well. Um, you know, we're just going with the theme of being very compassionate and, and agreeable, yes. and, and <laughs> a a soft debate. The one that that did kind of spark my my remembering of the show is the the you know, Bob Tro uh, Tro Bob a troll. Tro- a troll, oh. a dog, and a neighbor is what how is uh, a troll, a dog, and a neighbor is how it's listed. Okay, but th- that one sticks out to me as well as oh. um, you know one that I I vaguely remember. Yeah, um, from the show, but the mailman, uh, Mister McFeely, again, yeah. would not have told you what his name was, but but he's a pretty iconic looking mailman. Yep washer dryer sale or uh repairman <laughs> yep looking type of guy so yeah um yeah no I, I i agree so uh the last friendship test question we have uh for us and for the listeners um which this is the pbs debate so that we're talking shows here would you rather choose mr rogers yep reading rainbow yeah barney yeah or Sesame Street. So, are we choosing this, or like, from from what perspective? So, I'll say this: uh, you can choose two things. You can choose one. What is your favorite? Like growing up watching, like this was your favorite. Uh, and two, what do you think is the most memorable show of all of these? Like, what's going to have the most lasting? You know, in a hundred years, if you had to rank these as the most, the best shows on on TV, what what would you put them? Well, as? okay, so I I was never a Barney guy. Okay. Uh, I was somewhat a Mister Rogers person. Um, you know, a a a, a decent Sesame Street guy, yeah. but Reading Rainbow was my jam. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just because it was like our generation. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it started in kind of the middle mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and as I'm doing a little quick research right now, it went until two thousand six. Yeah. Um 
And I don't know what about Mr. LeVar Burton just, I don't know. He's just so cool. Yeah. I mean, he was on Star Trek. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw in another, well, I, I guess let's, let's finish this debate and then I want to throw another layer to this okay. as well. Uh, um, as far as lasting power, I mean, it, it it's Sesame Street's going to win out. Yeah. Like from a, it's just going to be on longer. It's going to be on longer. People, Big Bird and, and all of those characters are so iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that I'm struggling to remember Daniel Striped Tiger, which is apparently one of the bigger yeah uh, puppets from Mr. Rogers. Right. is. But is, you could name like five at least yeah. Sesame Street yeah. characters Ernie right off the Bert bat. And, yeah. You know. You put yourself on the spot there, Brian. I was going to leave it pretty ominous. Cookie Monster, Oscar the Grouch. Uh, Come on, one more. Sesame, or, uh, uh, Big Bird. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, you're not going to name Big Bird? Okay. All right. That's fair. Oh, so Elmo. Elmo. Forgot yeah, Elmo. Yeah. Can't forget See, Elmo. See, there's great ones. Um, so for me, a couple of things. Uh, I'm going to answer the first one, that more iconic um, I, or, or just more memorable. I probably agree with you on Sesame Street. I just think – it's got a little bit more. It definitely has more lasting power. Mr. Rogers, looking back, it felt more niche, even though I'm sure it was bigger than niche. Like I'm sure a lot of people were watching it, uh, but Sesame Street was more mainstream, and it felt. I think I, that was a show that I felt like I watched more. Um, so I, I just feel like that will be more iconic. Now, when it gets to my life, I felt like reading. I agree with you on Reading Rainbow. Uh, I definitely watched that more than Mr. Rogers, uh, probably equal to maybe a little bit less than Sesame Street, but Reading Rainbow was better. But weirdly, oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go Barney here. Now, I, I which do, part of this are you going, Barney? For for your fa- for your favorite, my most memorable and favorite, I guess. Oh my goodness, uh, I don't that didn't that doesn't age well. I'm I'm trying to speak from my childhood heart of what I grew that's, up watching. That's the difference between our. I think that's the age gap. Yeah, uh, the slight age gap that we have. Right. I it's think the Barney is age that, gap. That difference. <laughs> it could be. It could be because to me, growing up, it was like Barney is for little kids. Yeah. Right. And for me, it wasn't until it was. But but yeah, it was kind of. Everybody watched. I mean, I don't remember what the age group was. Probably five, four, five, kind of. You know, typically, and then I I grew out of it pretty quickly. I think school is one of those things. Once you start going to school, it's not cool to like Barney. Uh, maybe that was part of it. Um, but uh, 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 well, I, so it, it just again quick research started in 1992. So I would have been two years old when it was started. Yeah, and I, I would have been in school. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's the difference. The, the Barney age gap. That's we we figured it out. Um, <laughs> that but is going to explain everything else in this podcast. Yep. yep. If we ever the, have to f- go back to it, the Barney age gap. The Barney age gap. I do have a. Uh, I didn't think of this, and I'm just going to say it because we're on a podcast, and um, and I'm all for embarrassing myself. I do have a flashback or a um, back back in the day. One point twenty one gigawatts. So. I specifically don't remember this, um, and this is why I felt like I had to choose Barney. In in that, um, this I felt like was a big moment that I also was made fun of by my family for years after. But when I was younger, I watched 
I was a big Barney fan. I watched it all the time. I think at one point, I don't know if it was because of this or my mom, but at one point, my favorite color was purple, maybe because of Barney, maybe because of my mom. I don't know. That transitioned. But uh, big fan. And when my my mom got divorced and got remarried, I believe I was probably five or six. I could be wrong. When she got remarried, I'm dragging my sister in on this one too, the two of us at her wedding had to sing I Love You the whole entire song yeah. as like our, you know, giving gift. to the, yeah. or gift yeah. to the thing, uh, to the wedding. And uh, I again, I don't remember. I know there's a video. I'm sure there's a video somewhere uh, that's incredibly embarrassing. But uh, but yeah, my my siblings made fun of me for years uh, when I became of age, where it would be funny to make fun of me for that. So I, by doing that, I feel like I'd be disrespecting Barney and not choosing him. So you know, it is what it is. Do you want to guess? Guess what his that shows IMDb rating is? Ooh, I'm gonna go ahead and say four point eight. Three point eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing really. <laughs> the other three, the other three that we're talking about have above eight. Yeah, right. And like they're, and that's why I'm, I'm not saying this is a good show. I'm just saying that it was more iconic to my childhood. Um, I, I, I wish I spent more time watching the other ones. I'd probably be smarter. <laughs> uh, but uh, my, my the last thing I, I wanted to do one last spin to this yeah. um, is of these shows, again, what has the most iconic song? So you have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you have Reading Rainbow, Barney, Sesame Street, but when you think of these songs, do they immediately pop in your head? Because I can sing every one of those songs. Um, I, I, I don't remember Reading Rainbow. Oh, Reading Rainbow, I can go anywhere. I don't remember Mr. Rogers. I'm not going to sing all of these, Brian. No, I probably butchered that one anyway. But uh, no, like I, Reading Rainbow like sticks with me as like a like fun song. Uh, Mister Rogers was a very cool song. Barney, I I don't know what the theme song of Barney was, but I obviously remember I Love You. I don't think oh, I it Love was You not? was the theme song. Uh, I'd be curious to look that up. Sesame Street's iconic too, but I can't think of it in my head right now. Are you sure uh, Barney wasn't I Love You? Uh, well, look it up. Um, and But, yeah, so I, for me, I'd say... Oh, Barney is the is a dinosaur from our imagination. Barney is a dinosaur. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that lyric sounds very familiar, though. Yeah, it does. It does sound very familiar. Um, I, I just don't think that's the right. Oh. Yes, this is. Yeah. Oh, jeez. We took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so I guess, I mean, I, I guess I would have to go with, with uh, Mr. Rogers and. Yeah? Well, I guess if you, if that's the one that you remember. It's the only one I remember. Yeah. Like, I remember that. Well, do you like, remember Sesame Street? Now I gotta look that one up. 
Sesame. Because that's the one I'm blanking on for some reason. And that's probably one of the more iconic um, songs. Oh. That's the... Do you know... Did that, did that do anything for you, Brian? I totally nailed it. Oh. There it is. It's coming back quick. See? See, you had to hear it. Yeah. But does but, that change but, your opinion, or is it just like... I mean, it, it has to be Mr. Rogers, because, yeah. like, that is the song. Like, yeah. I mean, whereas all of these other ones are like, I I don't remember them. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I remember them now that you've played them, but, like, yeah. I'm also terrible at music, as we do trivia. Yeah. I am awful at naming the song, and... Yep. So yeah, I can attest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much better, but I I do I do enjoy the niche songs. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Reading Rainbow. I think it's that was the first one that I remembered uh, out of all of these four. I obviously knew Mr. Rogers, but I felt like a lot of that was from the your rendition of it was amazing too. Thank by you. the way, thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna sign a record deal. All right. Well, yeah. Um, so to avoid you singing more, let's delusionally think. You really are crazy. All right, Brian. We have three lovely options here. You can have a very nice dinner with someone who is no longer with us, but was an iconic teacher in our childhoods, in other people's childhoods. Um, But you have to choose one. So you can either have dinner with Mr. Rogers... Okay. With Bob Ross. Okay. Or with Steve Irwin. I'd like to know why okay. after you choose your option. This isn't really even difficult for me because I was going to go Steve Irwin. And okay. I think Steve Irwin is a fascinating, fascinating individual because of his knowledge of animals. And, you know, the things that he has experienced throughout his life that it would be fascinating to to kind of sit down with him and and talk about his life and what he's been through and, um, you know, just animals in general. Sure. Holding, you know, the most dangerous reptiles in the world and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, he's just a crazy guy. Yeah. So it's not even close to me. So I, 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 you make a good point with that. I think it, I guess it, for me, it depends on what you're going for. If you're going for, I think. I'm going for the food. Okay. You're going for the food. All right. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so for, for me, Steve Irwin would probably be the most entertaining of the three. Yeah. He would be, he would have stories for everything. Like he, he's a pretty eccentric guy. Like yeah. he's going to, you know, it, if you're going for the food though, like it's just going to be like, I don't know, like not going to have time to eat. Yeah. You might not have time to eat. It's just going to be very like, you know, all over the place. I think, um, though interesting nonetheless, when you look at Bob Ross and I actually didn't know who Bob Ross was until a couple years ago. 
and I have a ton of appreciation for for Bob Ross and his magical uh, trees and paintings that he can do. But Bob Ross, I feel it like doesn't surprise me. He, what he died in 1995. That you didn't know who Bob Ross was. Oh yeah, maybe that's that's there you go. Barney age gap. Barney age gap. Yeah. So I I just I didn't know much about him, but. But when I came back, I, I have a high appreciation for him and, and for his teachings and all of that, but not really close in, in my regard. I don't know what that dinner would even be. If, if, I, if I had an opportunity to... It would be very monotone. Yes. It, talking it, about if I had drawing an, food. Yeah. And John the wonderful and, colors yes. that are <laughs> in your food. Yes. I feel like... Yeah, or he'd talk I, about his afro. Or he'd talk about his afro. I feel like with him, he would be the person I would pick if I wanted to be a part of his craft. Like if I could go to a lesson by any one of these people, it might be Bob Bob Ross because I'd love to learn his teaching style and, and paint with him. Mr. Rogers, you know, would be uh, a little bit different. And then Steve Irwin, I don't want to. I wouldn't want to be out wrestling crocodiles with Steve Irwin. Um, not for me. Bob Ross was in the Air Force. Oh, really? He was a master sergeant for 20 years in the Air Force. Huh. Well, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Look at these guys. Yeah, um, Mr. Rogers was uh, thought to be a part of um, the armed services. I don't know which, was it Navy? Navy? I, I forget where they thought he served. Uh, that was untrue. He didn't have that. People said that he had a, uh, the reason why he wore sweaters is because he had uh, an arm tat. <laughs> <laughs> that is fake news <laughs> and it's in its truest sense and that uh he was accused of not accused of people thought that he had an anger streak in him and that was also false uh he you know he had anger issues but no different than any other person that has anger issues and he dealt with them in in unique ways and the movie touches on that a little bit uh, which was really cool but to get back to what I was getting to in this long lead up is I'm choosing Mr. Rogers. And the reason being is I think I walk out of that dinner a better person. I genuinely feel like I walked out of that movie wanting to be a better person. Okay. And I felt like if I sat but acro- but, but you weren't a better person. Well, I wanted to become a better person. Mm. It, like it inspired me to, you know, be better at communicating or doing this better or try, like appreciate thing people and things better and um i don't know like there's just something about him that i just it it struck a chord with me in watching that movie yeah um and i i, I genuinely feel like if i sat down at a table with mr rogers he would inspire me to change something in my life even if it was short term and short lived i would be a better person for a couple days because of it and I don't. I think I would have fun with Steve Irwin and Bob Ross would be interesting. But I get an Australian accent. I think he's from Australia. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I'll I'll go the little bit more boring. It will be subtle. It'll he'll probably dig into my deep dark areas of my life. Um, but I like it. I'm okay with it. Hmm. All right. Well, that was that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very you, uh, surprisingly fun. Would you say, Brian? It was a good topic. Uh, 
I definitely had to. I don't remember much of yes the like Daniel Tiger again. Yes, I keep coming back to it. I don't remember Daniel Tiger. Yeah, and I I tried to look up shows. Yeah, it it was difficult to find them actual shows on line. I wonder does YouTube not have them? Mm-mm. I feel like there would be some on there. No, I was trying to find some just to try to spark my memory of yeah. of you know the overall structure of the shows and all that kind of stuff and and what he actually did yeah and i kind of you know it helped spark a little bit but i really wanted to watch a full show and i I couldn't find any very easily yeah that's that's weird uh especially being pbs you know yeah they wouldn't think they would just provide that out but maybe it was on pbs i I was looking on youtube and, and maybe they're all on pbs and i need to go look and maybe i just didn't do enough research this week well either way it was a good topic i enjoyed talking about it we'll get back into some more heated debates next week uh, on whatever topic that is Um, but in the meantime if you're new to this show and you made it through an episode congrats we wanted to thank you for being our neighbor today Uh, we appreciate your time Uh, we just have fun with this hopefully you did as well but, um, but if you're looking for more, if you're looking to be a more regular listener, please subscribe. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify. You, you probably listen to one of them right now, just, so just hit that subscribe button. And follow us on Twitter at the Quest for 100 on Facebook at Quest for 100 Podcast, and on Instagram at Quest for 100 Podcast as well. We'll be back next week with some more riveting topics. I mean, this was riveting. But- it was. But we, more we couldn't have additional a, a huge debate because of Mr. Rogers. It would be disrespectful. And, yeah, to it would Mr. be Rogers. very disrespectful for us. But we made it under an hour. Hey, so thanks nice. for listening for an hour at least, maybe, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. And until next time on the Quest for One Hundred. Mm-hmm.